This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor at large. And we are in a very intriguing, potentially exciting moment in this very short Oscar race as we're recording. We're a few days uh, uh, out from the nominations early Monday, voting closed Tuesday. So whoever's getting nominated, there's nothing more that can be done to change that outcome. But we have a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of what we think might happen and what we'd like to see happen. And you wrote a whole thing with the predictions. How are you feeling in terms of, um, you know, uh, just how predictable Monday morning's uh, outcome looks to be? Because you've got some really specific uh, you know, possibilities. It was, it in was, your- it's always a little stressful to tell you the truth. Um because I'm a competitive person. Hello, everybody. This is not news. Shocking. <laughs> Stop the presses. <laughs> I, I, I know. Know thyself. Um, so I went in, you know, I want to do well. I, I, I you know, I want to get it right as right as I can. And um, so it was, I was actually surprised by some of the things I figured out. Uh, for example, um, if you look at all the guilds, uh, you know, there is there there are four big markers, SAG ensemble specifically, um, you know, the big cast uh, of a motion picture thing that's sort of like their best picture, um, which is you really need to be nominated for that, not to win it, but to be at least be included in the list. So there's only a few movies that, that are there and PGA and DGA and WJ, excluding Tarantino, who's not eligible for that anyway, but we know he has writer support. He always gets nominated. He wins Oscars for writing. So that's not an issue. So so you end up with um, Tarantino, Irishman, likely to get the most nominations, uh, followed by Joker and uh, Jojo Rabbit, strong, steady as they go. And as I went through the whole thing, I figured out that Jojo could win adapted screenplay, that that's the one it'll win. For whatever reason, this came to me. Sometimes you intuit these things. And, um, well, and I once do think you that the race, it. yeah, once you see the race, it's, it's clearly, my prediction is that Netflix will get an enormous number of nominations because of Marriage Story, which could get as many as seven, and The Irishman, which could get as many as 10. And then you have um, maybe one, for, for two popes, which is an underperformer this season, but then you have um, Parasite. So it's Parasite versus uh, uh, Tarantino for the big wins, I think. But the the JoJo thing is fascinating because going back to Toronto when it won the audience prize, which a lot of times is an indication of, of real award season momentum, but because the reaction, not just with people like like me, but a lot a lot of us were, were sort of iffy on this movie. They, it I did think not that get sort great of, reviews. 
Yeah, and 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 I but have it doesn't talked, seem I, mean, I have. But you've been talking to people I, too, Eric. People I've really to people like the movie. I they they do and they don't. I I wouldn't say it's unanimous, but I think it's when you say really like that's the crucial factor. It's not like it's not a parasite or a Hollywood. It's like Taika Waititi plus. It. The, the the fact they see they see a certain charm factor and once you say you're right best adapted screenplay then it starts to fall into place you can see how this has been sort of steady as they go in spite of the divisiveness around the movie itself that there's been just enough likability factor to keep it in that slot whereas something like a Steve Zale you know he's already won before and and Irishman is like maybe but in some people's minds, a more traditional kind of a thing, irrespective of how amazing it is that they did what they did with that movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I look, I, I, I feel weird about, we'll see what the nominations are like. With something like Taika Waititi, it's like, man, I want to see that kind of sensibility succeed and continue to be celebrated. But I just wish this wasn't the movie that would be well, the, the focal point for it. that we should call out here, which is the inclusion factor. And you can just give, if they have a choice between, say, in Best Director, um, it it was a big win for Taika Waititi at the DGA. For him to get it over Todd Phillips was sort of a surprise. It was a surprise. So imagine um, the voters, they're going to lean in. They're going to lean in at every opportunity to someone of color over someone white if they want to, if they think it's the right thing to do. And that will, and and the reason they're gonna do that is because they're terrified of Oscar So White. They're terrified of what happened with BAFTA. That was bad. 20 the, acting yeah. categories, all white. And yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's, it's overwhelming. Then they invite yeah. her to perform. How bad is that? Well, it's, it's almost like Oscar So White was on, delay and somehow just migrated over to Europe well, they, or something. So. And uh, Hollywood Foreign Press don't do so well in, in this area. They, they have and and, and a to few do. years ago, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, a few years ago, the Oscars was, was there. Yeah. And yeah. people are now both, I mean, one, there is a diversification of the Academy that's underway. Maybe it's not, you know, the majority, but moving. it is more diverse. It's moving. Yeah. And then people, like you say, are just, they are cognizant. I think co- the culture as a whole is more cognizant of how to look at a wider set of options and they're all, they're there. So it's an interesting argument though. Once you have that ballot in front of you, remembering what your options are in that respect, because it's probably not going to be a super diverse crop when it comes to say best director. So what are your options? So Taika Waititi and Bong Joon-ho, totally deserving, I might add, uh, could get a bong. Bong for sure. Yeah, I mean, and seeing Bong in there obviously is super exciting and going to resonate on a lot of different levels. So let's rewind for a second because in spite of the fact that in in some ways it was a uh, not a big week for developments in the race because voting closed on Tuesday, there was a lot of stuff that happened since the last time we spoke. Uh, the Globes happened in New York. We had Cinema Honors, New York Film Critics Circle, NBR, so... Let's start with Golden Globes. If there was any real surprise that is relevant to all the stuff that we're talking about, I suppose it would be that 1917 is maybe more of a contender than some people thought or even gaining steam. I mean, for that to happen right before. 
So that's the late breaking movie. It's the really the last one. Forget about cats, but the, the last one that that, that came in. <laughs> we'll so never forget about cats, it, right? Really, that cost it. I love all these stories about people getting high and going to see cats. <laughs> totally appropriate. I'm I mean, envious. Even I wouldn't, yeah, 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 it wouldn't help. But but it probably would turn into a bad experience. But for me, but but honestly. Um, 1917 may have missed out on the SAG ensemble. I don't know that it would have gotten it anyway, just because it was late, because that's an early voting group. Um, I think that there's goodwill toward uh, George Mackay and, and, and Dean Charles Chapman, uh, the two leads, but I don't think they're going to get nominated. And, and I don't think acting support is huge for 1917. It's more of a tech play. Um, and, and so uh, that's one of the reasons why it needed a little bump from, from the Globes. But remember, the Globes were halfway through voting. Uh, I think the winners give a little push, get a little burnished. Um, Edgerton, Taron Edgerton got a little boost. I'm not betting that he's going to get nominated. I'm still hedging on that, but it could happen. He did get a SAG nomination and he might get in there. It's just such a crowded category. But for 1917 to win Best Drama and Irishman winning nothing, I thought that was, I mean, the HFPA, very, no, you know, notoriously gullible too and, and, and open to being, you know, sort of pushed around by various campaigns that none of that seemed to make a, a difference for Netflix, I thought was sort of surprising. And, and also that they would choose one over Netflix, the other. Right. It would be the Golden Globes because they have no issues yeah. with, with Netflix. Um, I have to say that in, in talking to people, um, there are a number of things they say about the Irish. I mean, many people admire it as we do, but um, and many people think the editing, uh, Thelma Shoemaker, for example, might be the, the one to beat. For, for best editing Oscar, um, but but they they think it's familiar gangster territory, especially for Scorsese and these actors, these specific actors. De Niro may not get in. I think Pesci and Pacino will get in, but they'll knock each other out. There could be, as I predict, ten nominations for The Irishman and no wins, except maybe Thelma. It's kind of nuts because Irishman is a is an I mean I just the, the this is the well, the way that I get frustrated. Then? Well, I'm I'm this is not a uh, this is a, not a prognostication observation, more of a a, a frustration with this process because Irishman remember was my second favorite movie of the year after Paying Glory. I, it's an amazing cinematic achievement I know. and I think if we were to put it alongside 1917, I mean, I, I hate to even think in those terms, they're so different, but I do think that Irishman is in, in many ways a more robust achievement because it has a lot more going for it. I mean, it's just- Here's what I, you I have think, though. You have the unfamiliar technological breakthrough, the advanced, the wow factor of 1917, where it could win cinematography, production design, you know, beating out Irishman in those categories where it might've been in a good position. And that, you know, I saw that through the, it's still gonna get lots of nominations and it should be held up as an example of a great movie, but sometimes familiarity breeds discontent, whatever that line is. Yeah, it's just, I mean, there's, there's, I was what is the not line? super excited. It's familiarity breeds contempt. That's that the sounds line. right enough. And yet, well, here's the thing. I was not pumped for the Irish. I mean, we read the book and was super curious, but I, the movie was so much better than what, what I would have expected. And then some, and I think that 
what's what's unfortunate about the situation as we see it is that when you go through those major categories, it seems like every category has different kinds of things that it's bumping up against that just have the edge slightly. Oh, so Even supporting every year. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, but, it's but in timing, theory, it should be there. It's always luck. It's uh, like people are saying, too bad Glenn Close isn't running, you know, this year, <laughs> you know, they should have it in a, in, a, in a walk, you know? I've also noticed something, which is that the, the negative Netflix campaigning this season seems to have intensified in a weird kind of way rather than Who's sort of feel like old. Negatively. I mean, well, mean? I mean, look at the stories that we've seen, say, in the New York Times where you have an editorial from the stepson of Chucky, the real-life Chucky from The Irishman, saying how offensive that movie is to Chucky. This is or a typical. The, this is a typical. I know. You know, but it, it feels. And then that's I. Not but I. And I'm to Netflix, you, though. I mean, that's specific but to knocking out to Irish the films. Men. To the. But then there was another one in the Times against a uh, Marriage Story. Mm. And what was so, the case and there? I, what was the case? That was a. Story? Uh, oh, was it about the lawyers? <laughs> it was about the depiction of the the characters that the. the the Scarlett Johansson character seemed more like the Dustin Hoffman character in Kramer versus Kramer, something like that. But I also, and, and talking to people, I still feel like there is a, a general resentment for this company in a way that, again, I just find so kind of like, it's boring. It's old news. Can we you get and past I that and just look at the movies? This. We see the world as it should be or is. I mean, I'm not saying should be, but uh, all right. One thing that's interesting about Netflix, I will bring this up is that these movies would have done better if they had been hits in theaters if they had But had Netflix is, is has in, them. I mean that's that's the only thing I'm going to say about both I, of Irishman and Marriage Story and Two Popes which underperformed Dolomite which underperformed all would have done better if they had been able to I I agree with that but but I but I but I also feel like on some level we had People should be grading that part of this on a curve because you look at the progress that Netflix has made on this front. I mean, I'm what it so has sure. done with Roma it. did way better last year with more spending, I might add, than, but it, but than any of these movies more. did. This year, they're, they're really locked into much more of a sort of art house platform. I think they've had yeah, but they've had a release plan now. Okay, but I mean, a limit art house limited release is a very visible theatrical life. Dollars. Jojo has a real presence, a footprint. You know that 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 helps Jojo in a way that these films I, don't I know have help. I think if Irishman had made with a hundred million, jerk anti Netflix, they hate theaters. They're out to destroy the world. Attitude. I think that's anti Diluvian. That's what the studios believe. That's how the studios feel. Or they're. And that's why trying to believe it. Irishman yeah. can't win Best Picture because there's just that's too much exact, that's negativity. That's the thing. The negativity is still very much there. there. So I will I will tell you some of the stuff that I've observed this week because we had some interesting events in New York with New York Film Critics Circle and MBR as usual back to back uh, at the at New York Film Critics Circle. Tarantino won screenplay and Irishman won picture at MBR. Irishman also won picture. Tarantino won best director. Did he really and say to you that he listens to our podcast and knows that you haven't seen the movie more than once? Is it is yeah, he here for that? I so Quentin said a lot of stuff on on Tuesday, and um, it was it was actually charming because. 
This is a guy who very clearly absorbs everything that is said, not only about his work, but about a lot of stuff and has been for a while. The He's best pretty Quentin-skinned, too. I will, say, I will say the best thing about Quentin on Tuesday night was that he called out in his speech David Starrett saying that he hadn't written a good review of his movies in 30 years, <laughs> but that he'd been reading him even longer and was citing, you he know, his Raging Bull review. He used to be Science Monitor. It still is. And, and so, so Peter was, was there, or I'm sorry, David, David Starr was there, and um, I introduced them afterwards, <laughs> and they were talking for the longest time. I mean, obviously, Quentin did most of the talking. Yeah, as but, usual, um, right. <laughs> it was really funny because, because David said something like, well, it, it, Quentin was mad that none of his movies were in a, a recent collection of David's work. And uh, and and he pointed, and David said, well, the one of the ones that didn't make the cut was Jackie Brown. And, and Quentin was like, the one that you actually liked. So it was a very entertaining kind yeah, of thing. like but, that. Clint Eastwood is like that. Clint knows yeah, exactly which, and maybe it's that they're both actor directors. You know, they they they're they they they're they're very sensitive to how they're how they're treated and 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 who likes them and who. Every time um, that Quentin's at the Oscars and I see him, he will know exactly what I said would happen, what I predicted for each movie. It's funny. <laughs> I think that's going to be a very from. Let's see what happens Monday, I'm but that's going to be a very interesting thing. Hollywood. He has <laughs> yeah, exactly. Him. You're having a good time. So. So it's my favorite this, movie that, of the year, uh, yeah. Quentin. <laughs> yeah, Quentin and I are going to have some, some some stuff to discuss in the coming weeks, I think. But um, I will say that one of the things I picked up on is that, I mean, you, you touched on this earlier, which is that, I mean, his, his ego knows no bounds. And in the New York Film Critics Circle speech, it was very funny because he kept saying things that were a little... It was like very obvious what he was saying without saying it. Like, oh, you, you think I'm still just a screenwriter, not a filmmaker? Because he would say, thank you for this screenplay award, you know, in a yeah, very yeah, yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of. Uh, and, and then Oscars the next been night. rewarding him for screenplay in the past, which is why he's overdue. By the way, one of the things that, that people are saying, which may be true, is that this is the more most accessible and God forbid it is violent, but least violent of of the film yeah that, and it's a feel-good movie in a way in terms of how it leaves you at the end because it's all stuffed into the violence is stuffed into the last 15 minutes or something although i think that i don't know i think personally I, I still feel like pulp fiction is his most accessible movie because it's there's just so much to it in a way that keeps it keeps but uh, but it's an interesting argument because in some ways Hollywood is more simplified in terms of the number of characters and stuff. So okay, uh, I don't know. Auteurs always I mean, have an advantage at the Oscars because especially original auteurs, people who have created something from scratch, people have a great deal of respect for what Tarantino actually has accomplished. He stayed independent. He hasn't, uh, in I mean, he, he went to Tom Rothman on, at the studio on this one, but he had carte blanche and he made his choice among all the offers that he had. Um, but he's also, he's someone who has never sold out. He has never gone for the paycheck at the studio. Believe me, they've tried to give him James Bond or whatever it is. And he has- and Star now, Wars. There's Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek, but, right. <laughs> but we shall see what that 10th movie turns out to be. I love the idea that this man has just put everything into each one of these movies, tried to make them as good as they could possibly be. Grindhouse, we can push that aside. Um, and, and that he really has delivered uh, an extraordinary body of work and that he cares about that. And he cares about legacy. How many filmmakers 
in Hollywood really care about that the way Quentin does. And I think that it's Well, I think a lot of them, a lot of them might, but not know how to get there. I mean, a lot, part of Quentin's accomplishments is tied to his history and the way, his way into the system and all of that kind of stuff. But it's true. I mean, so in the, the, the sort of coda to that David Starrett story and, oh, you didn't include Jackie Brown was, you know, he, him pointing out that, oh, you haven't liked one of my movies since Jackie Brown 20 years ago. Well, <laughs> dude, you haven't made a lot of movies, period. Um, but the other thing is, the other thing I picked up on seeing his speeches two nights in a row is he's definitely got this auteur kind of, uh, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but a, a kind of competitive complex that, that has now uh, involved Scorsese because there's something about, like he did not love sitting in a room where Scorsese is winning a better award than him. And in his speech at MBR, he even said something like, I have a collection of 35 millimeter prints, just like Scorsese, but I also have a collection of trailer prints. You know, it was like very like schoolyard cinephile one-upmanship. And then he even said something like, my movie doesn't have CGI in it. Which if, I, and we were, I, and it's just, if we were going to pick two filmmakers who are the most alike, just the experience <laughs> of sitting with them and talking to them, they are equivalent. And what's happened is that Tarantino over the years has accumulated more cred and, and he's getting, he's younger than Scorsese. Scorsese's the master. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's 20, there's more than 20 years between them, right? <laughs> so I mean, it's so crazy. he should, he should give himself a, a break there. Yeah. Let, let well, Scorsese we'll see, exactly. have the kudos. Seriously. And also, I mean, and look he at might Bong Joon-ho. be out by Bong Joon-ho anyway. But Bong Joon-ho has played the nicest guy in the, in the, in the, in the race game very well, because that's sincere. That's who he is. And, and, and Quentin you know, he, genuinely admires him and, and I mean, my favorite story from, a- from the weekend was really the one where I had, uh, all right, so I had gone to, a, there are, I've complained about all the events and all the, you know, the Hazarai that goes on with people wooing uh, the Globe voters and the Critics' Choice voters and so on. But I did go because I always like to see Quentin and, and when I get the chance. Um, it, it was a party at Musso and Frank's. It was sort of irresistible. And at that party, Leo told me how much he liked Parasite. So it was really great to see him actually turn up. Leo, on his own, in a baseball cap, turning up at the Sunset Tower for the uh, neon party for Parasite and trying to break in to the circle around Bong Joon-ho. Now, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got an entourage. He's been in that position himself, Leo, his entire career. And he had to, he had to like get, you know, grab the guys, you know, break into the circle and say hello. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and that brings up the question of why so, I mean, Edgar Wright was there, Guillermo del Toro, all these people, it was wonderful. Because Bong Joon-ho is not, he, this may be a big year for him, but he has been an established auteur for, you know, for close to 20 years. So I think it's, it's exciting for people who have noticed that in various ways to see this person brought into this context. There's something, it unfortunately feels like a bit of a novelty, but it's also exciting because you want to see that happen more and more. 
And I think probably a lot of these actors wouldn't mind working with him too. So but they also some did a really smart thing. Um, Mara Buxbaum from IDPR was at Cannes and learned, figured out very early. Uh, not she that Neon yep. didn't do all that they could to support this. They did everything, including bringing him into LA and keeping him here for months so that he could work the room and meet people because he's charming. She's absolutely charming. And, uh, and so Mara did a, did a great job there uh, in terms of helping to push this forward. Um, so, so Eric, uh, what are some of the things that you would like to see happen? Yeah. So let's get into the, to get away from what might show happen on Monday morning, because I know we both have some, some ideas uh, along these lines in terms of, you know, what, what ideally would, would happen. And, and this is stuff that really could happen. Obviously, I would love to see Monos get into some major categories, but let's be honest about where things are I at I like now. that story you did about all the international films. I caught up with a couple yeah. of them. Lo those who remained is remarkable and might actually break into the top five. I mean, but that, Honeyland yeah, I, I is to too. One. So we'll see which yeah, one of them Honeyland could surprise. Yes, yeah, Atlantic could be an I think, interesting surprise. In, along with the top Atlantic. Yeah. That that would be super exciting. So obviously I would love to see Parasite get a Best Picture nomination. Oh, as we've said before, if it does, then it's going to be a really fascinating conversation. And one of the things that sort of stimulated that piece I wrote about all, um, all these different foreign films that are actually qualifying in various categories is that if Parasite gets a Best Picture nomination, voters are probably going to have a really interesting choice because even if they love parasite they may have that impulse to divide and conquer which is to say let it win best international feature and i'll vote for something else higher in best picture and and that's an interesting challenge because other kinds of voting groups don't necessarily have that kind of you're absolutely um, right you're absolutely path. right and that so in terms you of might, winning you, best picture that is a factor along with it, no fact. but think about it like this it's like so if it, it so i did national society of film critics voting last weekend it was the first time that I'd, I'd done that and they voted on best picture before foreign and when parasite won best picture it we we did not do a foreign language category because the logic doesn't hold if it if it's the best picture it's obviously the best foreign language picture so that so this is an interesting question it's like what is it going to take say for neon if it's the best picture nominated film to tell people it's okay to not divide and conquer, let it win both of those categories if you think that it's it may very well be. It things. is the zeitgeist movie. It's the one that shows us so that, who we are, and sometimes so, yeah. that's what puts us over, puts a movie over, over the top. It's also the one that's unlike any of the others. But remember, so, there are branches of the Academy that are more quote unquote mainstream publicists, producers executives and they have agendas they too. may I mean, not a, you know they may not go there yeah so that so that that's one thing so um slightly uh more open questions in the in the actor race things i would like to see happen i've talked about antonio banderas i would i think he's got a shot for that best actor i We've think so about too for i really hope so he so he you know took a break from a chorus line in spain to come to town and he did palm springs he did golden globes and then he did new york film critic circle gave a very sincere best actor speech there where he said you know i'm so exhausted i'm not a politician and a campaigner i'm an actor and um i think there's a, a real sincerity to how he has made time to getting behind this because it's such an important project and it's insane that he's never been nominated before. So I really hope that happens. But 
the Adam Sandler factor is also super exciting. Sandler was great at New York Film Critics Circle presenting director to the Safties and then accepting best actor at but NBR the remember, next night. remember, uh, you know, other nominations are already in. I'm not prognosticating here. I'm saying this is something I, I would be so elated I to see happen. I did not put in Uncut Gems anywhere on my list. And, the, and, and it's just it's just pragmatic. It's just a question of but, where has it shown strength in all of the guilds? And if I were to pick one category where it might get in, it would be editing. I, I, I mean, and I remember you were talking about this before. I mean, it's just a, the craftsmanship on the on this. It didn't movie make is, the PGA. That's just but, it, you know. But but San, San, the reason why I think this would be so terrific for Santa and why I hope it happens is because it's not a, a wild swing like Punch Drunk Love, which was also an amazing performance. My favorite. It feels, but it's like if we're talking about Antonio Banderas giving this this performance that in some ways plays off of his strengths as an actor, I think what's kind of gratifying about Uncut Gems is it does the same thing in one of his one of the best movies he's been in period and I think I hope that pe some people recognize that I'm sure he got some votes but even if he doesn't get in it, it'll still be talked about in that he'll respect get, he'll I get, hope it he'll happens get, uh, I understand he'll get he'll get other things down the line and so are the sappies they couldn't be hotter they're they, along with Bong Joon-ho, they are the, the the ones who have arrived uh, this season. I could go on and on. Yeah, it's true. I could go on and on. I mean, I, I, I hope Alfred Woodard gets acknowledged for clemency, too. You Me never too. know with that kind of a thing. I don't think she will. So what's, but what are, your, right. what are your hopes? Well, I was surprised when I went into my uh, picks because I ended up giving the farewell. This is assuming that there are 10, which there may not be, uh, for Best Picture. I put that in 10th place over... Knives Out, and I and I and, I, and the reason for that, even though Knives Out has a long shot chance at a W, at a, because it's a WGA and a PGA nominee, it could come up in, in screenplay, and I and I do think it's a great screenplay. I just know that the Academy tends to lean toward diversity when they can, and toward um, the high road, classy art film, big hit, The Farewell, Lulu Wong, female filmmaker. Exactly. Aquafina. I went for all of it. I went Aquafina for Best Actress, the Globe winner. I went and I went for uh, Zhao Shujen uh, for Supporting Actress as well. And then on, um, on Parasite, I actually went for uh, <laughs> Song Kang-ho. Uh, I just decided, oh my God, that's what they're going to do. They're going to put him. He's been with them. I've seen actor. him around. He, I mean, no, he, he was, was at working these events over the weekend. Yeah, he was, I mean, he, he he's unlike a movie Bong, star. does not. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's been Bong's right hand man, too. He's in a lot of his movies. Yeah, people know he's him. very reliable. Absolutely. Yeah. So then, then the other thing uh, that I'm rooting for is, is McCartan for the two popes, which he did not. What happened with the Writers Guild was that he was supposed to be, they're putting him up for adapted. The, the script, which he pitched to Netflix long ago, was based on a play that he wrote, but the play was unproduced. So the Writers Guild decided it was original. Get the time he wrote the script, the play was unproduced, technically speaking. So that's a much more competitive category original. So he didn't get nominated. So I'm saying that doesn't matter. He's still going to get nominated for adapted. And I hope he does, because I think that's one of the best scripts of the year. And then the other thing that I'm rooting for is Noah Baumbach for best director. And my, my, he did not get DGA. And my fear is that it, oddly enough, 
given Bong Joon-ho, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, Sam Mendes, who are pretty much locks, that fifth slot is between uh, Taika Waititi, who did get nominated by the DGA, Baumbach, and Greta Gerwig, who could knock mm-hmm. each other out. The two partners could knock each other out. Irony of ironies. My cat's been meowing through all of this because everybody's got a strong opinion about the Baumbach-Gerwig thing. I mean, it's like, you'd think on, on, uh, on some level this would have been an exciting opportunity to recognize both of them. Instead, what you're saying is the potential for the opposite. And it's really unfortunate because I think both of them really pulled something off. But I I like your bound back. To the the same contention. I mean, they're they're appealing to the same uh, uh, demo. Contingency, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it's, but it's the thing is, I, I would agree with you. I think Baum, what Baumbach has done as a director, specifically with Marriage Story, does in in some ways the way Uncut Gems builds on how the Safties have developed as filmmakers, but for over a longer period of time, it's his best filmmaking. There's a lot of filmmaking in that movie, and unfortunately, it tends to get characterized as he does as uh, as as more of a writerly accomplishment. Yes, so and I think he deserves credit for the directing. I think there's some long takes. There's there's an incredibly well edited scene, the one the big climactic uh, fight um, between Johansson and Driver, which is just amazing. And um, Jennifer Lane, the, the editor, I ended up um, deciding to go with, uh, as you say, I decided to go with editing for Marriage Story over. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, which was a tough decision, actually. That was one of the worst, uh, that was one of the tough decisions. And the other thing I'm really rooting for is Hildur Gudnatter to to win, uh, however you pronounce that, uh, best original score as she did at the Globes. If she doesn't win for for Joker, which may be the only thing it wins, um, uh, Joaquin may win, obviously, but I'm, I happen to, um, I'm I, I'm 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 banking that Adam Driver takes that one. It's all it's all up in the air at this point. I'm sort of fascinated. I mean, watch 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 them once they get nominated. And see how see how the conversation evolves at that point because you couldn't ask for two more diametrically opposed performances. <laughs> Um, but they've they've both certainly played the game this season, so we'll see how all that plays out. Well, next week um, we'll have nominations, so we'll, there's something real to talk about in terms of where things go from there. We'll also have Sundance right around the corner, so believe it or not, there will be other kinds of movies to talk about, so hopefully we can squeeze some of that in. But And I hope you get a chance to sort of relax this weekend and not think about the craziness I of Monday morning. I have to morning. go to the Critics' <laughs> Choice Awards. <laughs> do you, though? Do you? I do. Well, try to enjoy it a little bit, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye, Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.